0: mobsters gambling and the best thai food outside of bangkok this week at sin city lost wages glitter gulch we're in downtown las vegas traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes tasty beverages and interesting experiences this is the destination eat drink podcast on the radio misfits podcast network I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink. Welcome to the podcast. As I'm recording this, it's just a couple of days before the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is one of the big weekends in Las Vegas. Over $6 billion, they estimate, is wagered on the Super Bowl. Not all of it in Las Vegas, but a good portion of it is wagered in Las Vegas by both professional gamblers and tourists alike who come to see the big extravaganza and watch the Super Bowl and gamble. But 95% of those people who come to Las Vegas go to the Strip and they never leave the Las Vegas Strip. Some of them never leave their resort or their hotel, which is a shame because downtown Las Vegas, a few miles away from the Strip, is actually a great up-and-coming area. This is where Las Vegas first started. This is where, in the 1930s, gangsters like Bugsy Siegel first opened casinos and started raking in all kinds of money in Las Vegas. Well, now that it's been revitalized, downtown Las Vegas is becoming a hip and cool place to visit. So I thought we would visit downtown Las Vegas. Once neglected once forgotten but now revitalized and there's a bunch of places where you can still capture that spirit of old las vegas long lost and forgotten las vegas where there's neon signs rather than fancy led computerized signs where you can actually pull a lever on a slot machine instead of tapping a screen but before we tempt lady luck let's eat what do we hey You gonna finish that? On Destination, eat drink. You know, every location that I do on Destination Eat Drink, the podcast, is also on the website DestinationEatDrink.com. In fact, there's dozens of places on DestinationEatDrink.com where I talk about unique foods and unique food culture in different cities, where I tell you great restaurants and bars to go to, where to get great coffee, where to sleep, where to shop, and where to have lots of fun. That's on DestinationEatDrink.com, and I'm constantly updating it with new places to go, with new places to eat. Las Vegas itself doesn't really have a traditional food culture, unless you count the long-gone $1.99 all-you-can-eat buffet or the lax open container laws, but you can still get interesting and well-prepared meals in Las Vegas, And you can also get them in downtown Las Vegas, which has a burgeoning foodie scene. This is where Sin City was born, where in the early 1930s, those first casinos were built. But everyone goes to the Strip now, and downtown Las Vegas has been forgotten. That is until recently, when our revitalization push has come back and created a hip new must-visit area downtown Las Vegas and Fremont Street. Might be the best place to go in downtown Las Vegas, Carson Kitchen. Uh, They specialize in comfort food dishes that are elevated to haute cuisine. They've got deviled eggs, but theirs are made with pancetta and caviar. And the buffalo wings made with beurre blanc. But my favorite at Carson's Kitchen, the glazed donut bread pudding with rum, caramel, and vanilla cream anglaise. Mm. unbelievable. Carson Kitchen um, is upscale to be sure, but the atmosphere there is more down home. They've got butcher block dominating the seating area and a cool rooftop bar. But for me, the highlight is is the 1950s courtyard from the original John E. Carson Hotel. That's where Carson Kitchen got their name. It used to be the John E. Carson Hotel. And the courtyard is complete with a lava rock fire pit. If that doesn't scream old Las Vegas, I don't know what does. My other fave downtown eatery is called Therapy. They have a drunken tofu with blistered shishito peppers and therapy duck IPA. I could live on this literally for two weeks straight and have nothing else. Now, if you don't have time to visit both of these restaurants separately, I always like to do the food tours and... Downtown Las Vegas has one that specializes just in the downtown area. It's called the Downtown Lip Smacking Tour. It's $125 per person, but when you consider that you stop at both Carson's and Therapy and sample three to four signature dishes at each and visit a couple other spots as well, it's worth the price, I think. And a great way to get to know some of the best spots that are in downtown Vegas. Um, My all-time favorite spot in all of Las Vegas, though, is a place called Lotus of Siam. This is a Thai restaurant, of course. And my brother turned me on to this place years and years ago. And it's still at the top of my list as my favorite all-time Thai restaurant. Their original location is in a strip mall south of downtown. It's closed right now. They're remodeling uh, as we speak, but it's getting ready to reopen after they finish renovations. If you go to Las Vegas, though, you can visit their second location. They've got the exact same menu as the original spot, and they're open on East Flamingo Road. It's interesting because when you go to that original location, and when my brother and I went there years ago, Um, Like I said, it's in a strip mall and it looks totally unassuming. You drive up to this place and you think, oh, how good could this be? But it turns out some of my favorite all-time restaurants are in strip malls. And the reason for this, I think, I have my own uh, crackpot theory on this, um, which has not been scientifically proven out, but hear me out at least, I think that when a lot of immigrants come to the country... Come to the United States, one of the first things they want to do is open up a restaurant. And they do this in the place where they can get the cheapest rent. They don't have a lot of money to put into things like um, expensive rent or a lot of advertising or flashy signs. So they open in a strip mall. And first generation um, people coming to America generally offer Uh, authentic ethnic food from their homeland. They don't try to Americanize it for the American palate. They're trying to uh, recreate the dishes from their own homeland. And that's why you find some of the greatest places, I think, in strip malls. I I recall back years ago when uh, one of my friends and I were road tripping from Cleveland to Chicago, and we stopped in the middle of nowhere Ohio And we stopped on the side of the road. There was a strip mall and there was an Indian restaurant there. And again, uh, my stereotype of what would be the food in a strip mall took over. And I wasn't thinking that there would be much there. It turned out to be a fantastic meal. So I now have uh, killed that stereotype and always look for great restaurants in strip malls. And Lotus of Siam goes right at the top of the list. Um, They're famous now, Lotus of Siam. They've got a James Beard Award under their belt. And, um, you know, it's, it's very, very famous. They concentrate mostly on northern Thai dishes. Now, this is different than what you might be used to at your corner Thai place, which probably concentrates on southern Thai dishes. Um, That's uh, pad Thai and stuff like that. And although pad Thai is on the menu at Lotus of Siam, they concentrate more on the northern uh, Thai dishes. And their jackfruit curry is my absolute favorite dish on the menu at Lotus of Siam. Of course, you can't go wrong with anything on the menu there. What to drink? I'll have another on Destination Eat Drink. Subscribe to the Destination Eat Drink podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or at radiomisfits.com. That way you'll never miss another edition of the podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, if you could do me a favor... Rate and review it on iTunes. The more ratings and positive reviews we get on iTunes, the better the chance more people will be able to find and enjoy Destination Eat Drink. Hunter S. Thompson wrote undoubtedly the most famous book about Las Vegas, immortalizing it in his gonzo masterpiece, Fear and Loathing, In Las Vegas, Johnny Depp later uh, recreated the character of Raul Duke in the 1998 film of the same name. And you can visit several of the spots mentioned in the book, like Circus Circus, which uh, Hunter S. Thompson unfavorably compared to a Saturday night party given by Nazis in his book. Uh, The the folks at Circus Circus must not have been amused because when Terry Gilliam was making the film Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, he tried to uh, film some scenes at Circus Circus and was turned down flat. But you can still visit Circus Circus. It's still standing. And Maybe you want to order one of Hunter's favorite drinks, the Singapore Sling with Mezcal on the side and a beer chaser. Uh, The Mint and the Stardust were also uh, prominent in Fear and Loathing, but unfortunately both of them are now closed. The Stardust was unceremoniously imploded in 2006, but the building that housed the Mint, that's still standing. It's called Binion's Horseshoe And after a long night, uh, maybe four Bloody Marys with two grapefruits might be the cure, just like the father of gonzo journalism himself enjoyed. Things to do and places to see. I don't know. What do you want to do? On Destination Eat Drink. If you have a question or a comment about anything you've heard on the podcast, you can contact me on Facebook at Destination Eat Drink or on Twitter at Eat Destination or on the DestinationEatDrink.com website by clicking on the About and Contact tabs. I'm sure Hunter S. Thompson probably wouldn't recognize downtown Las Vegas today, what with uh, the glitz and the glamour taking over, but there's still a lot of remnants of the old city that's visible in places like the neon museum, the garish and tacky old neon from Vegas's glory days are on display at the neon museum. They've also renovated some classic pieces of neon that you can see, and they're actually working in the city. So if you go to places like Binion's famous neon horseshoe or the incredible silver slipper, you can see the original neon still going in Las Vegas, which I think is just an incredible part of Las Vegas history. And there are a few out-of-the-way spots where you can gamble on the classic machines. You know, there's something to be said when uh, you've lost the ability to pull the one arm bandit. Now it's all touchscreen and computerized, and you put your card in. There's no putting the coin in the slot. But there's still some of these old classic games and uh, the best place to go to see the classic games is this place called D Casino. They've got cheesy dancing uh, blackjack dealers at their table games, but you go upstairs at D Casino and you can play some classic old time slots. These are the ones where you literally put the quarter in and you pull the arm and play the slot machines. There's a bunch of them on the second floor all lined up. They also have the coolest of the cool old casino games, something called Sigma Derby. This is the game where the little replicas of the ponies are on gears that go around a little track. You put a quarter in, you bet on one of the ponies. It can be like from, I don't know, five to one odds, I think, up to 200 to one. And everyone bets on a horse and you watch these horses click, click, click all the way around and it's a lot of fun. And D Casino has literally the last Sigma Derby game in all of Las Vegas. There was another one over at the MGM. That one broke down um, in 2017 out of commission. And the company that makes Sigma Derby, they went out of business almost 10 years ago. So the guys at D Casino They have to go to places like eBay to get parts. This is a mechanical machine, so it's constantly breaking down and they've got to repair it with these specific parts. Well, now that the company is out of business, it's difficult to find these parts. So they have to go to places like eBay to find uh, parts that will fit. So eventually, these parts are going to be gone. This machine is going to break down and the last one will be gone forever forever. But for $0.25, a quarter going into that slot, you get to play a really fun game of Sigma Derby, and it's on the second floor of the D Casino. After you're tired of gambling, or maybe you've lost all your money, maybe you want to take a day trip to get out of Las Vegas. And By far, the most popular day trip out of Las Vegas is to head to the Grand Canyon, but there's a lot of options for trips to the Grand Canyon, and some, of course, are better than better than others. The West Rim is the closest part of the Grand Canyon to Las Vegas, so a lot of people end up taking that trip, and a lot of people end up doing it by bus. But Here's the thing. Even though it's the cheapest way to do it, um, I, I've seen prices as low as $99 for a day trip on a bus to the West Rim. The thing is, getting out there takes about three hours on the bus. So Three hours out, three hours back, you get a little bit of time out of the Grand Canyon, but... That seems like a lot of bus time, and it's pretty exhausting. And that's the closest place you can get. If you want to get to the other places, it takes even longer than that. Um, The West Rim is the most popular place in the Grand Canyon and the most touristed. You're going to be crammed in with a lot of other tourists, but that's the place where you can take the uh, sky walkway. That's the clear walkway where you can walk out over the Grand Canyon. And that's an extra charge. If you're going on one of these uh, bus tours, so if you want to spend a whole day, um, hundred bucks is about the best you can do. You're going to spend more probably uh, once you take everything into account. And the more expensive bus rides, hey, the tours can go a couple hundred dollars. You know, more than that, three hundred dollars, depending on uh, what you what you want to do. I think the best way to do it is to take a uh, a helicopter or a plane tour. Prices for this are as low as 150 bucks for a one hour aerial tour of the Grand Canyon. And the nice thing is you're not flying from, or you're not riding in a charter bus. You fly from Las Vegas on a charter plane. You fly over the Hoover Dam, which is another place that a lot of people want to stop on these charter bus tours. You fly over it. What a great picture opportunity that is. And then you fly over the west rim of the Grand Canyon. Now for 150 bucks they're not going to land you in the Grand Canyon. But one hour versus eight or 10 hours on a bus, I'll take it any day for 150 bucks. If you want to actually land uh, in the canyon, maybe you want to do a helicopter tour. Those generally start at about 350 bucks. Another great day trip when you're in Las Vegas is visiting the petroglyphs at the Valley of Fire State Park and Sloan Canyon. This is where 10,000 years ago, there were nomadic tribes who were roaming the valley near present day Las Vegas. And these tribes, they were hunter gatherers. They didn't have permanent establishments in the, in the valley, but They left a permanent record of their presence by carving artwork into the rocks. And there's tons of these petroglyphs all over the Valley of Fire and Sloan Canyon, and they are fascinating to see and to take pictures. Warning, though, you can't touch them. And people have also gone in and taken rubbings of them by putting a piece of paper on, over and trying to um, get, a, get a copy of the petroglyphs. Don't do either one of those things. Don't touch them. Don't take rubbings because people are ruining these petroglyphs that are 10,000 years old or older. And if you go to the Valley of Fire or Sloan Canyon, they're short drives from Las Vegas and both have great spots for seeing the petroglyphs. But keep in mind this artwork, it's not in a museum. It's maybe uh, not what you're expecting because you do have to hike through the desert to go and see some of these images. So prepare yourself, bring bottled water and sunscreen and a cell phone and, Think about what the temperatures are going to be. Uh, Probably best to go in the morning or maybe late in the afternoon and miss the hot midday sun. I would say if you're going to go in the afternoon, um, make sure you're not going in the middle of summer. Uh, Temperatures can get well over 100 degrees and you can be overwhelmed quickly by the heat. Tips and inside information on Destination eat, Drink. In addition to the podcast and DestinationEatDrink.com, I'm also a writer of fiction. My novel, Truffle Hunt, and my collection of short stories, That Bird, are available at Amazon.com or check out the DestinationEatDrink.com website and click on the About tab. Even if you decide to stay on the Strip when you're in Las Vegas, and I've done so, it's fun to do, you should get downtown for at least part of your trip. There's some great casinos, um, and some old time Las Vegas attractions. My favorite casino besides the D casino is El Cortez, which I believe is the oldest operating casino in Las Vegas. Uh, They've remodeled it. Um, but it still holds some of that old charm that it had before, which was that of, somebody's rec room with dropped ceilings and bad carpeting. But it's a lot of fun to visit the El Cortez. And the other nice thing about visiting downtown Las Vegas is a lot of the table games are cheaper than on the Strip, where it's hard to find a 5 or $10 blackjack table. It's a little bit easier in downtown Las Vegas. One of the biggest hassles about uh, traveling to Las Vegas is getting to the airport or getting from the airport to downtown or getting from the airport to the strip. Uh, Avoid at all costs the shared shuttles. They're only a little bit cheaper and they take forever, it seems. Unless you're the first stop along the way, you're going to spend forever crammed in that little shuttle bus. Taxis are plentiful in Las Vegas, but They are so expensive. Luckily, uh, they've just allowed Uber and Lyft to come and do airport pickups, um, and it's about half the cost of taking the taxi. Or if you're really cheap and looking to save money for the craps table, you can take the bus. It's a huge pain in the butt, but you can. You can take the 109 from the airport, transfer at Clark at Maryland, walk to Maryland at Bonneville, and then take the 208 to Maine at Ogden. But the 208 only runs once an hour, and think about what fun it must be to sit at a bus stop in downtown Las Vegas waiting for the bus to arrive in the hot, hot sun with all of your luggage you're much better off, like I said, taking an Uber or a Lyft. And just like any big city in the United States, there are scams and ripoffs everywhere in Las Vegas. And one of the most common ripoffs is the so-called VIP upgrade offered by hustlers out on the street. They'll offer you a so-called free, and I'm using that with air quotes, a free upgrade for a nightclub or a pass that allows you to skip the line. If you've ever waited in line at a nightclub in Las Vegas, you know it can take forever and it can be super frustrating. So you can see why these guys are out there handing out these passes because people will say, well, I don't want to stand in line. I'm going to get one of these passes. I'm going to skip the line and just go right in. The problem is that even though they're free passes, the person who gives it to you will undoubtedly ask for a gratuity or a tip, and you'll feel obliged to do so. So it's not really free. And then when you try to use these passes, you will find out that they are essentially worthless. They've got all these restrictions loaded onto them. And I would say just politely decline and move on because these passes are worthless well that's gonna do it for another edition of the destination eat drink podcast i'm brent peterson we drop a new show each friday and next week another great foodie destination destination eat drink is distributed by ed Silla and is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.